If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this episode of Mind Pump, so we have a lot of fun. We talk all about fitness, health, building muscle, burning body fat, improving performance, and we also talk a little bit about current events. Here is what we did in this episode. For the first 42 minutes, we did our introductory conversation. We started by talking about Disney and Universal Studios. Uh, I visited them with my kids over two days. We must have taken like 50,000 steps. You powered it out, huh? Yeah, my hips got a little sore and uh, it was tough to sleep. Thankfully, I had full-spectrum hemp oil extract from Ned. It's the best uh, in the market. It also has CBD in it. Took that before bed. Settled me down, helped me sleep, and I felt less inflamed. Now, we are sponsored by Ned. If you go to helloned.com forward slash mind pump, you'll get 15% off your first purchase. Adam talked all about the dad life. Uh, he's a month into it, and it looks like uh, it's getting uh, more fun. <laughs> Washing uh, so cars are fun now. This is, <laughs> he got on that house to go buy dog food. Good time. <laughs> Justin gave us his uh, jock itch athlete's foot story. He <laughs> <laughs> was athlete's foot. Right. Uh, we talked about how California is passing a law to limit full contact pra- practice in youth football. So uh, little by little, we'll be wrapping people up in bubble tape here in California. Bunch uh, of weenies. We talked about how our kids are using blue blocking glasses when they're on their computers. Nowadays, kids use technology and are looking at screens at far higher rates than ever before. All day long. And sometimes before bed, which can make sleep uh, less uh, productive. It can actually make it more difficult to fall asleep and not as effective. Wearing blue blockers before bed has been shown to increase melatonin production, and this is especially true for children. Um, Felix Ray makes blue blocking glasses for both adults and children. Oh, and by the way, they're having a huge sale right now, 15% off select sun styles, and they are one of our sponsors. Here, here's what you do. Go to felixgrayglasses.com. That's F-E-L- I-X-G-R-A-Y, glasses.com forward slash mind pump. You'll get free shipping and free returns. And of course, there's a sale going on right now. Then we talked about how Tool is on Spotify now. Justin talked about all about how he was binging on Tool uh, this weekend. <laughs> Didn't sound right. <laughs> Didn't sound right the way he said it. Uh, and then I talked about a study on epigenetics and how your stress may be passed on to your children and grandchildren. Uh-oh. Great. Then we get into the fitness portion of this episode. First question, this person wants to know about the pros and cons to powerlifting type training and bodybuilding type training. So what's the good and the bad of each and how should you combine them both? Next question, this person wants to know about ab machines. Are there any good ab machines that are out there or all or are all them garbage like we usually say? Next question, this person wants to know how we recommend deload weeks. A deload week is when you go into the gym and you work out lighter or you do different exercises to give your body in, uh, time to catch up and recover Gotta so you can come back that stronger. And the final question, this person wants to know about painful hip flexors. How do you train around painful hip flexors or how do you remedy hip flexors that are tight and sore? Also, this month for the first time ever, MAPS Prime and MAPS Prime Pro are 50% off. Get the hell out of here. Now, MAPS Prime is the program that teaches you the exercises and movements you need for your individual body. There's a test in there that you take. So you figure this out for yourself. 
what movements you need to do to get your body properly primed before your workout. It'll make any workout much more effective. So in other words, don't change your workout. Just prime properly and watch your body progress faster. Now, MAPS Prime Pro is a correctional program. So this is for people with chronic pain or for people who want to prevent injury. There are exercises and movements that target every major joint in the body. There's a test in there as well to help you identify mobility issues. Both those programs are 50% off. Here's what you do to get the discount. Go to mapsfitnessproducts.com, find the program that you want, and then use the code PRIME50, P-R-I-M-E-5-0, for the discount. T-shirt time! And it's T-shirt time. Aw, shit, Doug, you know it's my favorite time of the week. Ooh-wee. All right, we have four <laughs> winners for both iTunes and Facebook. So for iTunes, we have Andy Per 88, Cool Person 1701, Squidward Tentacles, and for Facebook, only one winner. Very light there this week, Angela Isaac. To collect your shirt, send the name I just read to iTunes at mindpumpmedia.com. Send your shirt size, your shipping address, and include your Instagram handle, and we'll get that shirt right out to you. I got up right now because, you know, we sat down to do a meetings or whatever. So we were sitting down for you know, an hour and a half. Dude, I got up. That was a... a lot of work. Oh, boy. Wow. That my, I felt everything. <laughs> I, I feel like I needed WD-40. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I walked so much this last weekend. Like insane. Where do you feel it most? In your hips, your back, your knees? Uh, what? Well, so while I'm, so here's the whole deal. This is for people who are, if, I think we're on right now, so I'll, I'll tell the story. So the idea was to do Disneyland Saturday, Universal Studios Sunday. Mm. Okay. In and out. So we flew in. Yeah, that's a monster. We flew in Saturday. We got, we landed at 8 a.m. straight to Disneyland, stayed at the Disneyland Hotel. Uh, stayed at Disneyland, so did Star Wars Land was great, by the way. The yeah, how'd the you like that? Edge? Oh. oh, dude. It was so awesome. Yeah. They do so good. They do such a good job. By the way, do you guys know how much money Disneyland profits every single day? This is according to the internet. Uh, every day, what? four to six million dollars a day a profit. Day. Wow. wow. Disneyland. Wow. Profit. Yeah, because as I'm there, wow, I know it's No wonder they're buying everything. That's not possible. Bro, I don't know. Do you know how expensive it is it to go really there? Expensive. And then a bottle of uh, one small bottle Think of water like is five dollars. Five hundred to six hundred, like per family, right? Oh, Something yeah, like I know. That. So I'm trying to do the plus ma- merchandise. I'm, I'm trying plus to do the food. math on what that would have to be traffic wise per per person per day. If you just figure, okay, figure out what you're saying. Okay, water, right. food. Figure each person spends. Yeah, find out like what their typical day is in terms of like visitors. It's it's well, this is this was from the wet. This was online, so I'm, I'll look it up again. Disneyland. Well, That's why I got to fact check you all the time because you get your information from there. From where? From the, from the best source of information, <laughs> Google ever. <laughs> Instant access. I mean, for the most part, it is, but every once in a while, you get some bullshit thing like that. It says, uh, okay, Disneyland grosses a combined. Thirteen point six billion from their six domestic parks annually. That's what they gross. If you assume wow. the six parks earn revenues, okay, that's not. Let's 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 find a more. Doug, specific Doug's one. got something up there right now. It what says four point five. Oh, it's billion. That's talking about again. Now we're doing annual again. But that's a profit. Yeah, yeah. Four point yeah. five billion of profit for yeah. all parks. Yeah, dude. Whew. Yeah, that's, that's insane, right? 
Yeah, to pay for, I mean, all the maintenance and like everybody. Well, it's not, but it's 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 because yes, the tickets are expensive as hell. Which I, when I'm seeing families of like with four kids, I'm like, man, that those parents spent a ton of money. Yeah. But the merchandise, the food, mm-hmm. I mean, literally a bottle of water is five dollars mm-hmm. for a small bottle of water. It's insane. Yeah. Everything super expensive. But anyway, they do such a phenomenal job there. We were at the Galaxy's Edge, and stormtroopers approached uh, my daughter. Yeah. And one of the characters, one of the Sith Lords or whatever, approaches my daughter. And he's like, everyone's circle around, you know, because when they're walking around the park, everybody's like, oh, my God, trying to take pictures. Then he, he points at my daughter and he goes, come here. So <laughs> she walks over there and he's like. Is it Kylo Ren? Yeah, yeah. And he's like, when I ask you to, you know, uh, will you join the dark side with me? And she's like, okay. And he's like, <laughs> she said, okay. <laughs> she's like, oh, I didn't think much convincing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, because she was all shy, right? Yeah. So when I ask for your help, you will help us defeat the Re- the Rebel Alliance or whatever. And she's like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then she, he leaves, right? <laughs> so my son walks up to her and he goes, you just joined the dark side. She's like, no, I was lying. That's not what happened. Dude, the whole time she was there, she was worried. That she <laughs> She's worried she actually went to the dark side. I'm like, you got to find him and tell him. Oh, man. You got to go find him and tell him you're not. It's like, I don't want to. Can you tell him? I'm like, I don't know, man. Uh, You're on the dark side. Did you get to see like like the the cantina area and all that inside and uh, I, you know what I missed was where they they actually build the droids and everything. I didn't see Did that. You see that? No. Oh yeah. But we went on a lot of rides. Uh, the 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 one in Galaxy's Edge, the one where you're riding the the Millennium Falcon, right. or whatever. Uh-huh. I got a little bit a little bit of motion sickness in that. Yeah. Did I you see that? Uh, not really. I mean, were you sitting in the back one of the well, engineers? He, he's yeah. the guy yeah. that has Lane. to ride shotgun everywhere we go. Oh so. yeah. yeah that so makes yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but but we did you that. Dramamine just to go down the street. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Get out of the ca- get off the couch. Yeah. yeah. I'm dizzy. Yeah. Uh, but we were there all day until we saw the fireworks. So we were there till ten o'clock at night, and then we went to bed. Woke up the next day. Eight went to, Universal. to ten. Dude. Yes. What oh. time? What time does the park close these days? Midnight. Oh, it goes to midnight. Yeah. So it was packed because when I was there, it was it was crazy. I didn't even need fast passes. I was like right in the front. So the guy, I was asking them, I was talking to people that work there. I'm like, man, it is packed in here. They're like, yeah, it was slow for a while because everybody thought it would be so busy when they opened up the Star Wars that's side. That's why. So oh, everybody's weird. like, oh, I'm not going to go. Therefore, yeah. And then it made it slow. Oh, that's funny. But then it got crazy, and he said that this oh, was I the- so lucky. He said this was the busiest weekend that they'd seen huh. in, a, in a long time. It was it was insane. Yeah. And then we went to Universal Studios the next day, and Universal, man, I mean, I'm telling you, they kill it, dude. They give, they give Disney a big run for their money. Really? Oh, in terms of pure- Special effects and quality, mm-hmm. uh, they I think they beat Disney. I think well, Disney. What about has their rides though? Kills Disney. Their rides kills Disney. Which ones, dude? The Transformer one was insane. Really? Yes. Uh, I did that like thrill wise like or because Harry what they, Potter. What they did really well. Harry I mean, Potter it's was been amazing. a long time since I've been a kid and went to Universal because it was uh fuck man it was before ninety nine when I went to Universal. And when I went there, it was like uh, Jaws, Earthquake. Yeah, yeah, uh, they still have that, right? Like, and what made Universal cool was not was it Jurassic Park. There wasn't no. the ri- yeah, it wasn't yeah. the ride so much, but like the effects. That's that's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but they also have rides and stuff that are good too. Really? Uh, yeah, they're really good. they have some really good rides. There I haven't too. been there in years. yeah, I haven't been there. Yeah, that's why I'm asking. It's fucking massive, dude. There's huh, two I'll levels. Have to check it out. There's two levels. You go to the, the 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 lower lot, and that's where you get the Transformers, and you get the Jurassic Park. Their Express Pass is superior to Disney because at Disney, I did the Max Pass thing that's on the app, mm-hmm. and you can reserve the, the rides, but they only let, allow you to reserve so many rides at one time. You have to wait, and you still have to wait in line when you get there. It's just a you know, 25, 30-minute wait instead of an hour and a half. 
Universal, dude, I walk, but it was way more expensive. I got to say that too. Universal is way more expensive. Yeah. You walk in there with the Express Pass, five minutes. I mean, boom, every ride, every single ride. Dang. Every time. Yeah. That's pretty dope. Yeah. It was super, super cool. How I, much is Universal? So you guys were just running like this whole time, just going ride to ride to ride. Or dude, and, and my kids were troopers. I'm so proud of them to do all. Oh, and then the Harry Potter section at Universal. Yeah. Bought my daughter one of those Harry Potter wands. And as you're walking through the park, you'll look at the floor and there'll be like this little compass looking thing with a design on it. And if you stand on it, point your wand and follow the design, something will happen uh, in what? the park. Yeah. So as we're walking through, she'll find one and she'll do the thing and then like a door will open and something will happen or she'll unlock what? something. Yeah. That's cool. Oh, that's cool. Super cool. So Super now, cool. remind me, you. I think you told me that you weren't going to tell the kids. Were they surprised? Was this a total Oh, yeah. So what we did was- Yeah, you didn't even tell us what the hell No, no so Friday, uh, I told the- So my daughter, she's so- God damn, I got to keep- I got to remember this. She's so sharp. She's like, why are you guys acting weird? <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? We're not Could acting weird. already sense it, huh? She's like, something weird is going on. What's happening? Tell me. I'm like, uh, nothing. I'm looking at Jessica like, what the fuck? This kid- but anyway, finally, I told my son comes over and I'm like, "All right, we're gonna play Hangman." I'm like, "Let's play a game." So we're playing Hangman, and the the and what our the what they had to figure out was pack your bags. So they figure it out and it says pack your bags. And I look at them, and they're like, "What are we packing?" Like something warm. They're like, "Okay." I'm like, "When you come back down, then we'll play again." So we're like, ah, oh, they run up there, they come back down. <laughs> then we played again, and, and then it said Disney and Universal, and they were Alessia got so excited she she like laid on the floor. <laughs> She's so fun. I gotta take this all in. Yeah, no, but we had a good time. But dude, my the the amount of walking we probably did twenty five, thirty thousand steps each day at least. Yeah, I bought everybody new shoes. We all had new like running shoes, so we could be. But it was just my hips are sore. I smashed just three <laughs> three dropperfuls of Ned at night <laughs> just to get my body to calm down and to be able to sleep because I knew the next day I had to wake up and. Wow. And do it again. Yeah, we got back at 10 o'clock at night Sunday. So we got there at 8 a.m. Saturday, 10 p.m. Sunday night. And I, and you know what's funny? When I notice the benefits of cannabinoids, it's when I'm pushing my body the, to the extreme. When I'm at that level, yeah. then I, and when I take it, I could tell 40 minutes later or so. Like, oh. See, I find the, the best use personally is when I have like – and which a day like that would be it too – is less of when I push my body and more of like when I just have a lot of adrenaline going. Like when we do the talk, anytime we have a talk where we have to speak in front of a crowd or what that, like it just gets me hyped so much. Settle you down, right? Yeah, yeah, that I have a really hard time that night coming down from it. That's been like the go-to use for me is when mm -hmm. we do something like that. Mm -hmm. So No. Anyway, it's a good time. Mm -hmm. we, we, I can't wait. As I was there, it was funny. I was, I was there walking around doing the family thing, and I'm like, you know, it's, <coughs> it's going to be a, not that long. It's going to be like a few years or so mm -hmm. where you're going to be there with your boy. Oh, it's you so know? much fun! No, yeah. I'm excited. I don't, my buddy, they 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 took his, they took their one year old. So I don't know if I'm going to go that early or not. One's pretty. They early. don't remember. Yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah, I mean, they. What's cool about Disney is, uh, you know, even when they're like two, three years old, like you could take them on a lot of rides with you, and like so, like even if it's like that one part of the the section of the of the, the park where it's like where all the uh, fantasy land stuff is, like yeah. you, you can go on a lot of stuff there. But yeah, no, dude, we did the. Um the Walking Dead. They have a whole Walking Dead. Like, That's Universal, house. right? Universal went through that with Jessica. That was hilarious. Because <laughs> you're walking through, dude, and there's like so they're they real actors, in real that, actors, and they're professionals. Dang. And there's like areas where there's like fire burning or whatever, and you see something in the back, like what the hell is that? And then dude walks out, and he's like a, <laughs> fucking making her scream her ass off. It was such a good time. <laughs> but it, traveling with little ones though is a is a whole different experience. Like now my kids are a little older. 
Now they just walk and we do our shit. But when they're like three, four, I mean, it's fun, but you ain't doing a lot of stuff. It ain't as fun. Yeah, yeah. I can't, no, can't, it's not. Well, they, yeah, they can't step very fast, or you, no. right? You can't. I you can't. put them in a stroller, the air, bro. Dude, the pressure from the plane. Like I remember, if they have any kind of little bit of a cold or something, it's like, oh my god. Like now to add like altitude and pressure and all that, and then like I remember my son just like screaming like the whole time on the plane and I'm like sorry I'm like the the, the dad that's like walking up and down the hall I'm so nervous to be that oh, guy it's awful dude, dude. It, so- you can't do anything about it I don't care how cool you think you are and you're trying to pass it off like it's like you are seriously like it, you know you're you're trapped yeah that's why when I'm on a plane and there's a kid that's crying I I you know I people emphasize always, now. yeah people are so irritated like ah why do you take I have kids, so when the, the person, I feel bad. I feel like, damn. Thank God I never took me. him on a plane again after that, dude. <laughs> <laughs> not until he was old, dude. Like, I went. Screw this. One time I went to Italy, and it was. I'm not exaggerating. So you're talking about like a 10 hour flight, more or maybe more. The whole flight, there was this one baby that was just crying mm-hmm. the whole like incessantly right? 10 hours. Yeah, yeah that's. Yeah. That happens, dude. Ridiculous. I, if, if I was the parent, I'd feel I felt terrible for them. It's like, my gosh, that poor parent is really considering adoption Speaking right now. Speaking of taking <laughs> kids places, you, have you guys either one of you guys taken your kids to Pier Thirty Nine, San Francisco? Not in a little while. Yet. Uh-uh. So my boy went there. So my uh, my my best friend uh, took his daughter to Monterey last weekend, and my other best friend, they both have the young kids. Uh, he's like, nah, I don't want to go to Monterey. Things be crazy. I hear Pier Thirty Nine is pretty cool. He went to Pier Thirty Nine. Dude, Pier Thirty Nine like shits on Monterey. Really? They have two. They have two full like long uh, tubes that you walk through, and sharks swimming around it. And I'll what? show you. I have. Wait a minute, Pier Thirty Nine has they an redone aquarium? the whole thing. Yes, yes, it's sick. So it's an aquarium. Dang, dude. Yeah, it's a dope aquarium. So I'll, I'll show you guys. He, I haven't been there he, for years. He took all kinds of footage. I have a bunch of videos on my phone. After really? we get off, I'll show you guys. Because the Monterey Aquarium is supposed to be one of the best in the world. Oh uh, yeah. I think it sucks. I think it's pretty whack. Really? Yeah, dude. It's uh, it's way smaller than what I anticipated. I love the aquarium. Oh, I think it's... A, it's but, one of my favorite places in the world. No. <laughs> it is. I love it. I love starfish. <laughs> oh, look, there's a, there's a website for it right there. But I'll show you the videos of them walking through it. I thought it was... Uh, I think it's better than... Well, I don't even know. I'm going to take my kids there. Yeah. I love aquariums. It's like my favorite thing. You get to see... I mean, it's, it's science and... Awesome you just got to deal with going to San Francisco. That's the only so, down uh, turn there. <laughs> Driving through yeah, the whole yeah, forget about that it. mess. That's true. Yeah. That's a good point. How was your daddy weekend, Adam? With your <laughs> dude. So I'm. I'm. This is where I'm at right now. Right. This is the new point. And I know you guys just love hearing this shit. So and I. <laughs> I, I like reluctantly Let's share. Let's see how this is uh, like evolving. <laughs> That's now. why I tell Justin not to laugh at you because I want to encourage you to share. <laughs> yeah, I'm not laughing at Adam. I'm laughing because it's finally you know. Anyways, <laughs> continue. So uh, you know, it's the this weekend. I you know I got to wash all the cars. You know that was uh, that's what I got to do this weekend. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's your activities all yeah, yeah, weekend, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so and the 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 part that he used is, to be like, hey Katrina, yeah. what do you want to do today? Uh, I don't know. Let's go. Uh, let's go to movies. Let's go fly somewhere. Yeah. Let's yeah. do cool things. Let's we, cook. Yeah. We are we are we that friends. couple. That's why it's we'll go out. That's why it's interesting right now, right? Because we are definitely out, the couple. And you don't. I guess you don't realize how much of that. A couple you are until you have a kid, right? Because yep. Katrina and I, we are we uh, <clears throat> we're blessed. We both have uh, flexible careers. We've uh, both done well for ourselves. We love to travel. We'd like to do things on a whim. Like 
so yeah, many, many weekends, her and I will. If we don't have plans with friends or doing things, we would be like, let's just go here. We go to our favorite resorts and spas or yeah. get on a plane and go fly somewhere do stuff so i'm i didn't realize how used to that i was until this i'm, I'm now at the one in one month mark right so maximus is one month old exactly and definitely feeling the cabin fever <laughs> and i knew i i realized how much i was feeling a cabin fever when i was washing the cars this weekend because i was just fucking excited to, to, like, I'm outside. Yes, I'm getting like, sun. Like I, I caught myself like driving the I uh, driving the car. You know, I'm on the, I'm on the third vehicle, right? I'm like I'd like one car at a time. So what I do is there's a there's a place that does the outside. I like to detail the inside. Why well, I, apparently I like to detail the inside because it just gives me something to do right now. I <laughs> uh, and so I'll take the the car, run it through like an outside wash. So they clean the outside, and then I come back and I have all the detail stuff. And so I go in and vacuum and detail the inside and the rims and wheels. Put your headphones on. You know. I have my stereo in my garage, and so it's blaring in the garage. Oh, and God, I'm just, dude. You're yeah. so close to buying New Balance shoes. Oh, my <laughs> Let's <God>. go together. <laughs> How many Home Depot trips did you make oh, over the dude. weekend, bro? I did. like so. And, I made two. So. And, and I did all of that, right? And I mean, I mean, I must have been doing that for five hours plus. And I come upstairs and- you know, it's a little mini vacation, bro. Uh, yeah, yeah. And she's like rocking the baby, and I'm like, oh man, exhausted, like sweats pouring down me. And I'm like, I'm gonna get in the shower. So that I was like, wow, that was a lot of work, whatever. But feel so accomplished. And and then we're sitting down, maybe for five minutes. She's like, oh, we we don't have dog food. We and I was like, I'll get it. Yeah, it's, I'm out. Yeah, yeah, I got keys with my and hand. She, right looks, here. she looks at me all kind of sideways, like. It's okay. We have it being delivered on Tuesday. They'll they'll be fine. I'll just make them some rice and chicken for, for till then. I'm like, no, no, no. I'll go get some. And she's like, looking at me all weird. I'm like, no, no. It's it's a nice day. I'm gonna go out there. And I did. I like I'm driving and I'm like driving hella slow. The windows are down. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just Hell listen yeah. to my music. And I'm like, and I and I, I caught myself just enjoying that moment yeah. so much. And it made me realize, like, oh wow, like there's, I'm definitely starting to get the the cabin fever of being it's just a change, bro. You yeah. just a change. Look, here's the best part. The best part about this is you'll never go back. <laughs> this <laughs> yeah, is it exactly, forever, dude. for the rest exactly. of your life, bro. Yeah, you find moments of winning. Oh, you know, God, like yeah, so I, I, just buy, I bought a new chainsaw. Yeah, say, hey. I was really excited about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're gonna be excited about it too. Did you, yeah. did you really? What? I did, dude. Yeah, You're chainsaw. Yeah, I went stuff. outside, just you know, felt really accomplished. You know, got some shit done. <laughs> Honey, do, we, do you need me something from the grocery store? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll call. Oh, back. I'm there. I'll I'm out of here. Later. Do you want to take the kids now? Listen to Rage Against the Machine. You know, they won't. Let's, let me listen. Yeah. To well, no, this is it's so funny. I remember <laughs> I would when I'd go to on vacation with uh, it was me and uh, Jessica and I once a year do this thing where my cousins come and whatever. My cousin's married and he has two girls. Now, my situation is is dual custody, so I have my kids one week on, one week off. There's some challenges with that, but then there's also I got I always try to look at the positive. It's like, you know what? I get a weekend of tasting what it was like without kids where we can do whatever we want. Yeah. So we go on this trip or whatever, and my cousin and his wife are just fucking raging hard. <laughs> and Jessica's like, dang. She's like, they party hard. I'm like, you don't understand. This is their time. This is it. Yeah. They don't ever That's go. That's their window. That's it. I said, they're here for a week. They're going to fucking go nuts. Yeah. And then they'll go back to, and they don't get that week on week off like we do. Yeah. Yeah. Now, because I remember what that was like. Yeah. Know? It'll be interesting it to funny. see if Katrina and I are going to be like that. Because obviously we know that once he gets a little bit older, that family will be able to take him for a weekend or whatever. And now because those weekends will be 
so sparse in compared to what they were before, <laughs> will yeah. we go like balls to the wall like right. crazy? So I, I mean, we already booked our. So we're uh, I think the twenty third or whatever this that weekend that is coming up at this month. We're heading up to. I had to get out. I was like, we just we're, we're fucking taking them. You know what I'm saying? Like we're taking. Mm-hmm. We're going up to the beach and gonna go do one of our favorite places to stay up in Carmel area. I because I just gotta get out of the house. Oh wait, you're, oh you're yeah, gonna take the baby? Stuffy. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, just I cool. can't I can't wait to hear about all the stuff you have to bring. It's funny that <laughs> you mentioned that because like, so I find all my opportunities to leave the house all the time, right? And like. I, I even was like, um, I worked out with you. I think it was Friday, or we went to go to a club sport, and then oh like, yeah, yeah, as yeah, I, yeah. So I, as I was going in, you had your sandals. I didn't have my sandals, right? And I got this like this this itch in, on my foot. I'm like, oh no, I think I have athlete's foot. So I use that as like as a, an excuse to go to CVS. You know, I'm like, <laughs> I'm out. I gotta go pick something up. And so I got athlete's foot. Yeah, I got athlete's foot. She's like, ew, yeah, take care of that. Ugh. And I'm like, yeah, I got this. And I went and uh, I went and grabbed it. And I'm looking around. I'm looking for this athlete's foot spray. And there's no athlete's foot spray. But there's jock itch spray. Same thing. Same thing. Yeah. But labeled different, yeah, right? Yeah, and we get, when you buy it at the register. So I'm at the <laughs> register, and the, the guy's like talking shop with me or whatever. And I had something else that I bought because you, you don't want to just buy just the jock itch spray right you <laughs> that, want something else to kind of like yeah i was here gum. for other things too right <laughs> you know steel, <laughs> steel wool yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so he's like trying to go through this thing and he and, and he literally price checked me and and was just like oh no this isn't lining up hey can you and he got another one of the assistant you know people out there to go get another version i went through three different bottles of jock itch spray before they finally like got one where they're like, oh, here's uh, this one's right. Damn <laughs> it. I'm no, fucking the whole- up there. And then I'm, I'm like, I have a whole line like forming behind me and everything. I'm like, dude, you gotta be kidding me. The whole store does get a rash yeah. on your dick now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like great. I'm like, it's for my foot. It's for my foot. Yeah, my dick is fine. <laughs> my dick's good. There's no rash I, I, yeah, there's no crazy stuff going on there. Did you did you actually get athlete's foot or did, were you, did you just suspect? I was just, yeah, I was just paranoid because I had an itch. <laughs> so yeah, I spray. I didn't feel it the next day or anything. So yeah, must yeah. not have. <laughs> yeah, you got, that's the same stuff that's in that. It's for jock itch, athlete's foot, and uh, for um, yeast infection. Oh, did you know I that? Could have had all three. Yeah, you know? like, <laughs> who knows? Well, these yeah. days, <laughs> you never know. You never know. Hey, what was that article? You was it you, Adam, that shared about California limiting? Full contact. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, my cousin sent that over to me. He's like, right. look at our fucking state. That's what he sends over to me because he's a football. He's an ex-football player, right? Bunch of weenies, And dude. he sent over that. And I guess they're passing a law. I guess it was already a law. I didn't even know this. I guess it was a law in middle school. And now it's it's moving its way up to high school even where they are taking away. Uh, if I read it correctly, they're going to pass a law well, saying that. that it's, let me read it. It says uh, California is limiting full contact practices for youth football teams to reduce brain injuries. Governor Gavin Newsom signed a law. That's funny. It's a law. Wednesday, limiting full contact practices to 30 minutes per day, twice a week. Mm. And they're banned entirely during the off season. Wow. Yeah. So is youth considered high school and lower? Mm. I think so, right? Yeah, it must be, right? Wow. So they only get to hit each other full contact 30 minutes Yeah, how are you going to prep properly for... I mean, I, I get the, the <clears throat> limiting amount of, uh, you know, exposure to, to, like, you know, potential injuries and whatnot, but, I mean, let... Let that be on the coach's discretion. Yeah, but I thought I I thought I read an article somewhere that they did the, um, they compared the hits of a you know like a 
ten year old to a fifteen year old to like a you know twenty to up. oh yeah way less force production yeah I heard the likelihood of a kid doing any sort of real damage at that young of an age is like so they're not doing the obvious is what what they need to do because this for me okay because I've I've commented on this before and I, I stand by what I've said in the past I think we're we're gonna see the end of football. As we know it, and that doesn't mean football is going to end. What I mean is, I think this is the beginning of football, kind of making some fundamental changes. The obvious thing for me would be to eliminate the the helmets and pads. And I know what people think, like that'll make it more dangerous. No, it won't actually make it safer. Yeah, well, because r- rugby players don't have the same level of they have lots of injuries and stuff. Don't get me wrong. But you're not getting the same brain trauma because you're not hitting with your head the same way. Yeah, I mean they're they're still proving that even body contact gives like partial like concussions too anyway, and oh, the, the, the trauma from that. So even soccer is on the forefront for that as well. So it's like, I don't, it's definitely a targeted, and it it is like the most impact you're going to get out of any sport because it's like full on collisions and and they use like I used my helmet as a battering ram mm-hmm. you know like it's it's a tool like uh, instead of like with rugby you you would absorb a little bit more of the impact and roll with it so it was a different tackling technique mm-hmm. completely but yeah dude I I don't know man like the the old man in me is starting to kind of turn the corner on yeah. that and be like dude everybody's a bunch of pussies and you know like I I'm tired of like cutting out these outlets for young you know men to uh you know get rid of all this like aggression in a healthy environment for it. I I'm I I have to agree with you. I think sports are physical. And I don't think we can make everything perfectly safe. All well, the half time. of what makes it entertaining is the danger. Let's be honest. Yeah. I mean, you just like you, you go to watch a car race around in a circle, not because it's fucking cool to watch a car drive around in a circle, but because there could be a crazy accident that's super fucking scary and dangerous. That's what makes it suspenseful and enjoyable to watch. It's just a fact. Like you don't watch MMA because you. Very few people are watching the UFC because they're really interested in all the tactical moves of all the different martial arts. You watch it because it somebody could get fucked up, mm-hmm. you know, and it's scary to get in the ring and do that. Like I think that's you start you start minimizing that so much then it'll it'll lose its luster. People we're, won't care about we're it. We're trying as much. to make everything perfectly safe all the time. And you know, here, here's the thing. It, I don't think I think this law is just reflecting more of an attitude than it is trying to, you know, change things. In other words, yeah. I think this is a lot of people saying that they want this to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, the end of the, the what I really think is going to show the end is the enrollment rates are less and less parents putting yeah. their kids in football, is it become less and less of a popular sport with kids? Right. If that's the case, that's what feeds uh, the that's what feeds professional football. Now, professional football makes a shit ton of money; it's huge. <laughs> that still hasn't shown any signs of declining, but it's only a generation or two that will start to see the you know ramifications. Yeah, but my argument to this is that just like when we remember when they did that whole survey on the uh, Olympic athletes. That said, if they, you know, if they were to die, uh, f- you know, four years later or whatever, after getting a gold medal, if, would they do whatever it took? to do Yeah, that? would yeah. they do whatever it took? And they all said yes. Yeah, no. I think, sure, you might see this decline in like uh, enrollments and like football at the younger population, but I think it, because it's too late, they can make so much money at the professional level, and us as viewers still love it. Mm-hmm. That there's always going to be that pull for someone to be like, "Fuck it, I don't care." 
I don't care if it's dangerous. I don't care if I die at 35. Like, if it means I get to be a millionaire from 20 to 35, I would do it. Maybe. Yeah. But and there's going to be, yeah, for sure. Well, you know, I'll you, tell you, you why. Gotta maybe. Remember, you got to remember the kids that are in the projects, man, and that are coming out of the ghetto and stuff like that, where their life is already at risk. And they already, it's like either you get into drugs or get into gangs or you get into sports. And for them, Sports has the uh, the most up upswing or potential upswing. Here's of why all those I say things. maybe. So they, they would rather go there. Here's why I say maybe because uh, <clears throat> esports is exploding and the mm. money opportunities there are huge. Mm -hmm. And if you're a parent in a bad area in a bad neighborhood and your kids like, I want to stay inside and, and practice uh, this video game that I could potentially make money on. That's even safer than going outside and playing basketball or football or any other sport outside. I, I all I'm saying is I think it's going to happen. I think it's going to we're going to see a big shift, but it'll take a couple generations. And I think we're all going to be shocked because you ask kids today, they don't know who professional athletes are. They don't really yeah. care. No, it's definitely changing. I know the the landscape is changing, but I I do feel that uh, it's one of those like a, like a physical display. Everybody just will sit and watch. Like they're like wow, like because it's <clears throat> it's watching a bunch. Of, it's like a freak show. You know, I, everybody's smashing into each other. Like there's always going to be boxing. There's always going to be MMA. There's always going to be football. There's always going like the the ones that have the most potential for uh you know injury like people want to keep that well justin what are you seeing with your boys because i know that your boys are into sports and they play video games like what are you seeing with them like are they are they full into one or the other are you seeing something it's, different it's like it, honestly it's like a, it's it equal parts so like between their friends and everything what they talk about is is either baseball basketball football or like completely you know minecraft roblox you know like all these different games uh but yeah it's very competitive like like you, there's like a split between like interests uh with their friends like like right now but i don't know if like sports are sports are definitely taking a hit in terms of popularity yeah. Do you do you see a difference in them versus like because like, i played you played video games i played video games growing up and yeah. i played sports mm -hmm. yeah and like if I if I think back to like and I love video games don't get me wrong, like I remember many many like weekends where we would just fucking plug in just and veg just, out yeah. that's all we would do but I also remember too going on streaks where all we would do too is play basketball from sun up to sundown so I think I had a, a probably a, a pretty even mix of like in like real life sports where I was doing something physical like wakeboarding, snowboarding, basketball, football, baseball, playing something like that. Yeah. And then I was the other half like, mm -hmm. you know, playing video games. And for us it was like a, a lot of that dictated by the day, you know, like if it was a rainy, crappy day and stuff like that, like we're not out playing basketball, we can't do anything like that. So we're like, oh, let's muck out on video games. Mm -hmm. We play video games all day long. Yeah. So what do you what do you see with your boys? Well, I th I think it's mainly because they get limited time with me. Like it, like I only allow for a certain amount of time they could even play. So it's like on top of mind constantly trying to pitch me on like you know oh, we'll do this to to you know they're always trying to like sell themselves on getting more of that time like and they and they talk about it a lot with their friends but like I. They still are really much like uh, you know involved physically, like trying to like do get better at at uh, basketball and, and baseball. And how so. how are they when they stay on video games or, or electronics for too long? Because I notice my kids are, it's different. Like if they're outside playing for a long time, yeah, they come inside, they're calm, it's all good, it's whatever. Yes. They after video games and oh, TV all day, they're shitty. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's my thing. I got to get them out of the house and get some sun and like get some activity. Because yeah. If, 
the the worst is if you wait too long and you know they're playing. So actually, you know what's interesting? Um, so Felix Gray has these like glasses frames, like kid size now. Oh yeah. And so we just got those. In oh, you got those in? Yeah, I got them. And so the the kids have been wearing them for the last like week and a half. Um, and when they get up, uh, sometimes before us, like they'll watch, even watching TV, I got them to wear them as they're watching TV and like, cause they, they, they come up and they keep the lights off and then they're watching like this blue screen. Um, and, uh, you know, like even when they're playing video games, like the, the one hour, you know, if, if I allow it, then, you know, the, they're wearing those. And so I've actually noticed a little bit of a difference in terms of being able to, um, have them transition from that to back to reality. I swear there's this, like this, this, like it's like ripping a bandaid yeah. a lot of times, like really bad behavior. I gave a pair to my son because yeah. he, he'll, I let him play from like when his sister goes to bed at like eight thirty or nine till about 10 or 10 30. Mm-hmm. And so he has a, a pair right next to his computer. And I'm like, you got to wear these. Yeah. If, and I know, you know, it's funny. I'm trying to get him to make connect the dots. One of the hardest things for me has been with my kids has been having them figure something out for themselves versus telling them. Cause sometimes if I tell them, then they refuse to learn the lesson because mm-hmm. it's just me telling them. Right. So I, tr- I try to say it. So I asked my son, I said, uh, do you notice any differences when you sleep when you're wearing them versus you're not? And he's like, uh, I'll see. I'm going to, let me, I'll pay attention or whatever. So I'm like, okay. So I took him the other day. I took him from him and told him I needed him. And I let him purposely use the computer without him. Mm-hmm. And the next morning he was tired. I'm like, how was your sleep? And he goes, oh, he goes, oh yeah, I, I, I couldn't fall asleep till like midnight. I'm like, that's weird. I'm like, were you wearing the glasses? He's like, no, I couldn't find them. I'm like, oh, okay. Put him back in his room. I'm trying to get him to, to, to connect the dots. Yeah, himself. <laughs> exactly. And, <clears> oh, versus like, oh, my dad wants me to wear these nerdy glasses. That's the, <laughs> well, know, that's so, the thing. Well, is they if, think they're cool, so bro, they're all about wearing them. Yeah, if you tell them all the time, they don't want to listen. You yeah. know what I mean? You know how many lessons I learned from my parents after I had my own kids? Like, oh, yeah, I guess my dad was right that whole time. Yeah. You know, I don't want to listen to him, though, because, you know, yeah. he's my dad. Well, they'll see me and Courtney wear him, and so they're just, yeah, like, we want to wear him, too, yeah. you know, so. Well, Doug's waving at us. Uh, Felix Gray's got a sale. They never have sales. What, what's the sale? So from August 6th, which is today till the 12th, they are offering uh, 15% off certain styles of their sunglasses. Oh, oh, this has to be the first time they've had a sale yeah, since they, they we've been with them. They don't do sales. Wow. That's hmm. crazy. That is cool. Anyway, so did you guys did you guys have great workouts? Because I, I saw in the group text how jazzed you guys were about oh, Tool being on Spotify. Oh, wow. yeah, dude. I've been binging my Tool like crazy all weekend. <laughs> well, that's <second>. like everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I meant to say that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how it sounds. Justin was binging, yes. <laughs> binging his tool. Dude, I, I told you, no joke, okay, this is a true story. I was like this close to going out and buying a Discman because I've like- it was, <laughs> Where the fuck do you find a Discman? So, so first of all, I went and bought, uh, this was just maybe about a year ago. I went and bought all the tool CDs. So I have all of them. Actually, in fact, I have three of them that I haven't opened because I just like, I gave up on them ever being going streaming. I just assume right. that they're going to be one of those fucking bands that decide like they're never, never do. It. Yeah, they're never going to do it. I'm like, what I don't want to be is searching for their albums and can't get a hold of them somewhere. So I went out and bought all of their stuff because I just love all of all of Tool's albums. So I have all of them and. You know, I, it was it was always my number one go to music when I lift. That's my favorite. When we talk about on the show all the different, and we agree because we're all very similar. Like, what's our favorite bands to listen to? We're pretty close. 
Tool for sure is like my number one all time. I could listen to album after album like for weeks on weeks of that for working out. So I was like, fuck it, dude. I'm going to go get a disc, man. And I'm going to fucking listen to my Tool I lit. And so I was already looking it's all at it. Yeah, I was like, there's, there's nothing good I could get. It's all big and bulky. <laughs> I go, he's oh, such an man. asshole in the gym. And then this comes out. Justin mentioned to me that they were coming, and then uh, I right away was watching. Yeah, you guys were crazy on the group text. Oh, Oh I was geeking out, dude. I mean, like this is a big deal, dude. Yeah, they they had held out for what? When did streaming even like become a thing? Oh, it's been been a while now. Ten years or so, yeah, yeah. maybe something like that. Yeah, it's been a long time. But yeah, I was like. Dude, no tool. And you'd see, you'd search for them every now and then, and it'd be a playlist of like songs that are kind of like a tool song. You yeah. know, like people put together, you're like, no, yeah. that's hilarious. Is this a tool. Wow, look at those disc man, 20 bucks. Wow. Do you remember how much disc man cost back in the day when they, they were first came out? They're like $100. Well, back in the day, a little more. They were more than that, like 150 Do you guys know how much the original Walkman cost when it came out? First of all, Doug, can you find out the day, oh the year the Walkman came out? I think it was 19. Was it 78? It might be. Hmm. Where the first Sony Walkman came out. <coughs> 1979. God, wow. look at that. Do you know how much that cost back then? How much? $370. Not adjusted for inflation. <laughs> the cost of a Walkman then was over 300 bucks. No way. Yes. Damn, dude. Yes. Super expensive. Not adjusted for inflation. Bro, you know how that that's like would be like something being like a thousand something dollars today. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Well, it was so it was so crazy. It was so revolutionary, right? You could walk around with music strapped to your hip. In fact, every movie in the 80s, anytime they showed a teenager, what would they show? Yeah. Yeah, they have fucking headphones with the orange. Yeah, because before phone. that, it was like you had a boom box that you would like have Put on, on your, your shoulder. shoulder and just be like, yeah, yeah, roll up somewhere. No, that that was how much it cost back then. So wow. imagine if people, you want to talk about how, how markets would make prices go down. You could buy a, a cassette player now for five bucks, I'm sure, if uh, you wanted to. I mean, yeah, we saw easily. disc players for 20. You I mean, they're probably, hard to find. You could now. probably get it for free. I'm yeah. sure someone would give it. Someone's got something in a box. Like, Did you guys the, ever have an original not Walkman? That, not that one. Me neither. Yeah, uh, no. Uh, no, not that one. I had, yeah, I had one of the ones that was like it tried to reinforce it with a thicker plastic, you know, like the, the big yellow one. Yeah. yeah. When Discman came out and everybody had them in the gym, I stuck to a Walkman for a long time because. The, cause I did the, too. They didn't skip. Yeah, I did too. Uh, you know, a, a disc. I, I tried the disc, man. Yeah, that didn't. Work I was out late. Well. I was one of those guys that that uh, like was late to the the CD and the DVD. I had yeah. video. I had video. You know how revolutionary shuffle mode was. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> like that was like whoa! I could do it in a different yeah. order. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you guys know the story behind um, Beta and VCR? Remember Beta Max? Yeah, yeah. The so big, the big ones. No, Beta was smaller. Oh, which one was the oh laser? You're disc. talking about laser disc, yeah. yeah. Laser no, beta beta max were like VHS. They were you know tape or whatever, but they competed with v, with VHS. The difference was beta got licensed to Sony only. And they said uh, nobody else can make beta, and they thought they were being smart. But the problem was that it didn't work because VHS allowed everybody else to to use that technology. Oh, that's and, similar. And beta to, went down yeah, the two laser disc. That's like same something. same bullshit that happened to Blu-ray, right? Is Blu-ray, oh, Blu-ray, yeah, versus same. uh uh HD DVDs. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Just goes to show you, you know. Yeah, whatever. Stupid. Anyway, so I got to study. It's like dinosaur shit now. Anyway, yeah, no, everybody listening is like, huh? <laughs> I got to study on epigenetics. Is kind of interesting. So uh, they did this big. This was a, a big study, I believe, in the at the in the University of San Diego, if I'm not mistaken, and they found that. People who suffered from uh, like terrible trauma and tragedy. Now, when people have a trauma or tragedy, even if they come back and live a normal life, 
their life expectancy is much lower. The stress has a, a real effect on the body. They're finding that their children and grandchildren have the same thing, even if their children and children, grandchildren have... What? Yeah, that the epigenetics are causing... It's like you can almost pass on your stress, if you will, through your genes. Wow. How crazy is that? That is crazy. Isn't that wild? Yeah. I mean, that's... I wonder if that's... I mean, is that going to make future generations It also makes sense. Better so, better? Like when... Well, it makes sense, too, the, when you have, like, someone, like, drive and passion. Like, so you hmm. see that sometimes get passed down in generation. Like, you've got a, a, a dad who was, like, this fucking grinder, hard worker, and then your, your son ends up being that same way, too. I wonder how much of that is passed down to him versus learned. Mm-hmm. Like I just assumed it was a learned behavior. Like, oh, you see dad working really hard, and so you assume that you're going to well, work to really me, hard. Well, to me, yeah, that's obvious, right, the behavioral aspect of it. But the other side of it seems obvious to me too because think about it. If if you and your, and your partner are making a baby – it makes sense that the information that the that the you know that the, the sperm and the eggs contain, and then when they make the baby, it makes sense that it will pass on the probability of what it, the environment will be like for that baby to be born into. You know what mm. I'm saying? So if you're if you both are, you know if food is very scarce, very very scarce, it makes sense that the genes will be switched on to store more calories and to be more frugal with you know right. burning calories because the babies the genes are predicting what environment they're being born into. Same thing with stress. Um, uh, if, if the baby believes that, if the, the genes believe it's going to be born into this high stress environment, the genes that help the body or, or help the person survive the stress are also genes that make the longevity not as good. How many right? generations does it take to phase that out? I wonder. Uh, well, it said they found it in children and grandchildren. So mm. maybe, maybe two generations. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's kind of crazy though, right? It is crazy. Uh, it's, it's really wild. There was one guy who wrote about um, that he believes that, uh, and he was a scientist, that he thinks that ADD and ADHD qualities, because when you read about <clears throat> ADD and ADHD, there's some detriments to, to being that way, but there's also some potential positives. Like what's the evolutionary role of that? Well, somebody with ADD and ADHD probably took more risks, was the one, first person to go over the hill, you know, to explore what's over there. Um, people with ADD, ADHD, uh, ADHD tend to do better in sales jobs and stuff like that as a result because they're kind of, you know, changing directions all the time, moving, whatever. And this one scientist said that he thinks that a greater percentage of people with ADD and ADHD were the immigrants that came to America. Because think about the scariness of leaving a country, coming to another country, don't speak the language, especially in the early days where mm-hmm. where you didn't get nothing. It was like you come here and you survive or you don't. That it was like a self-selection of people with ADD and ADHD coming to America and then their kids being born here. And he said that he thinks that's one of the reasons why our rates are higher. I don't know if I necessarily agree with it, but I think it's an interesting theory. That is an interesting yeah. theory. This quaz brought to you by Organifi. For those days you fall short on getting your organic veggies or whole food nutrition, Organifi fills the gap with laboratory-tested certified organic superfoods to help give your health and performance the added edge. Try Organifi totally risk-free for 60 days by going to Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. And use the coupon code MINDPUMP for 20% off at checkout. First question is from Steve Kellerman. What are the pros and cons to a powerlifting type approach to training and to a bodybuilder type approach to training? Excellent, excellent Ew. question. All right, so I'll start with the the pros of the powerlifting style of training. Um, number one, you learn really, really good, uh, effective and efficient uh, technique 
and form with it's your movement. It's more objective. Yeah, you're, you, are, you, are, you are focused on perfecting the movement to maximize leverage and maximize uh, just just your overall performance. So a powerlifter, when they're squatting, and I'm, gonna, I'm talking about raw powerlifting. I'm not talking about wearing squat suits and all that stuff. It's a whole different ballgame. You're also talking about the big the big four, too. Yeah. Because yeah. saying that, you have to be careful, I feel like, because one of the drawbacks I see of powerlifters when they, when they transition over into bodybuilding is they try and power lift the uh, isolation exercises. They, well, that I was just going to say pros and cons, right? right. So the, uh -huh. the pros are like powerlifters squat well, they bench well, they deadlift well, um, but they don't know how to feel. They don't feel muscles, and so, and I don't mean that they don't feel their muscles working, but they don't know how to how to make muscles work and feel them squeezing and isolating all that stuff. And powerlifting because it's performance based doesn't have the same longevity. Yeah. If you bodybuild and you do it right, you have a lot of longevity. You could lift like a bodybuilder forever. Oh, you look at Dexter Jackson, just won first place in the last pro show. You Almost know no injuries. And he's never trained. He never trained like the other guys, like Dorian Yates and, and Ronnie Coleman, mm. who trained with lots and lots of heavy weight. Branch Warman, lots of injuries, for example. Uh, you know, Dexter, barely any injuries. And in how old is he now? 50-something? Yeah. And he's, he's winning pro shows. He won still. the Tampa Pro. Yeah. Looks yeah. amazing. Um, but powerlifters again, they they got that technique. They also have that objective quality of strength. Mm -hmm. um, their powerlifting programs are usually way better written. Some of the best. Yeah, like, no, superior. For yeah, sure. bodybuilding programs tend to be shit in terms of how they're written. Yeah. Um, well, now, it's very simplified. Mm -hmm. You know, and it, I mean, it's like. I mean, you live in the bilateral movement. Like it, that's, I guess, one of the detriments too is like you're just not going to be, you know, experience a lot of like unilateral uh, type situations or split stances or anything like that. Yeah, no. It also builds a different type of a body. When when most people that are listening to this right now uh, tend to be somebody who's looking for aesthetics, right? Looking to change their body composition. Most people that are listening to our show fall in the category of wanting to feel better, look better. Uh, and you know, powerlifting is is performance based. You know, so it's a, it's more about what you can do versus how well you look or sculpting and shaping a body. I think I think the key here is to know that there's pros and cons of both, and to do them both. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, you're, that's where you're going to get all the value. It's the both for sure. And, and I think the way I would look at it is when you're first starting out with lifting, a powerlifting approach might be a better approach to start with. But then as you continue, you more and more bodybuilding. Like I find myself doing that. I don't lift. As heavy as I used to, because the risk versus reward. Now I agree with good. I agree with you, but you have to explain something that because just hearing it come out of your mouth too makes me go like, oh, I bet there's a bunch of people that are thinking like when you hear power lift, right away you assume like max lift and like super heavy weight. Like yeah. this sounds like oh, that's power. No, I mean the, I mean the programming. Right, the right. That, programming. But I think that's important to, and I think that's what scares a lot of. This is what definitely probably kept me away from training that way. I was never. Uh, I was never trying to get a max lift. I didn't care about that because I wasn't a power lifter. And so when people used to ask me as a trainer in my 20s, like, oh, what's your bench? Or, oh, what's your deadlift? What's your squat? I'm like, I don't know. And I had literally, for I trained for years, years and years, not knowing what my heaviest bench, heaviest deadlift, heaviest squat is because I never lifted that way. Mm -hmm. I never did singles. I never did doubles. I never did triples. I never did anything less than five or six reps. So... I couldn't honestly tell somebody, like, I've never actually tried to just lift a weight so heavy I could only get it up one time. And I think that people assume that if you're into powerlifting, that that's kind of the main objective, that your goal is to lift the most amount of weight possible. Therefore, you're training this this way that 
just doesn't appeal to somebody who's just trying to train a, train for aesthetics or look better or look different, right? No, I like powerlifting too because uh, for people who have body image issues, powerlifting is a great way to transition out of that. You I know, agree. like like mm -hmm. if like one of the the most effective things I could do with my female clients in particular, who had lots of body image issues, was to say we're not going to focus on your looks. Uh, all we're going to focus on is how strong you are, and we're going to train for strength. We're gonna, we're going to see how we can get your deadlift, your squat, your bench press, your overhead press. Um, and take your focus off of your body. And it was great because they could take their obsess obsessive you know, tendencies in terms of looking in the mirror and weighing themselves and focus it on performance, which is a, is a good transition. You don't want to stay there because you become obsessed about that too. It's not good for you. But it's a good transition out of the body image stuff. And it's good for people who want to speed up their metabolism. So if you have someone that over diets all the time um, and is doing too much working out all the time and, and they're just like, I need to get out of that, and I need to just focus on my performance. It's also very uh, clear on your progression, right? Like when you are when you are bodybuilding and you are using a mirror and a scale to kind of tell you like, oh, am I doing a good job? Uh, and you have, especially if you have mental issues, like you're t talking about, Sal, where you have a, some sort of a, you know, a body image issue, then it's really easy for yourself to play mind games. So your yep. body looks fatter today. Oh, you don't like the way you look. Oh, the lighting's off mm -hmm. or you're holding a little extra water. So then you look different, but you know, it's very clear if, you know, you are stronger this week or weaker this week than you were the previous week mm -hmm. or two. And so I, I like it for those reasons too. I think it's just, it's a, yeah. it's a much better place. In fact, a, a lot of clients, even if I'm not training them in power lifting and in speci specifically, I still will use strength as the main indicator for us to focus on because even though even if we're following a bodybuilding program, I think it's healthier for most clients to teach them that way. Agreed. And then the other thing about bodybuilding is it teaches you how to feel the target muscles you're trying to work, which is the exact opposite of what you're trying to do when you're powerlifting. Like mm -hmm. when you're when you're a power lifter and you're bench pressing it what muscles you feel are literally irrelevant you're you're besides the fact that you want to be able to get in the right position to maximize leverage and lift the most amount of weight that's when you start to feel muscle like activate your lats or whatever i get that but you're not trying to feel your chest mm -hmm. or your shoulders or your triceps you're just trying to lift the most amount of weight and so you're working on leverage and technique with bodybuilding it's about feeling the muscle. So if you're like, I'm doing heavy squats, but my butt isn't developing the way I want, or I'm doing lots of bench press, but I don't like the way my chest looks, then you would go into bodybuilding and figure out how to feel the target areas you're trying to focus on. Bodybuilding's better. The, the bodybuilding mentality is better for correctional exercise too. Mm -hmm. If I took a power lifter and tried to do corrective exercise with them and, and told them to isolate and feel what they're trying to do and connect to the movement, it's, all, it's, a, it's a different mentality completely. With a bodybuilder, I can have them move and say you're trying to feel it right here, yeah. and they'll be able to connect. You can adjust the tempo a lot more, uh, yeah, with your bodybuilder type of a, a of a program, and yeah, I, I just can't see that working out too well with with powerlifting and, and really like highlighting the eccentric portion of the lift uh, specifically. You're going to be able to feel a lot more as you as you do like a bodybuilder style where we're focusing on like the each individual joint mm -hmm. and try to gain that connectivity which will then feed into the overall result if you you know that's why they they blend well together and they actually like yeah. work well i mean to break it down you know powerlifting is you're trying to consistently get stronger at particular lifts and in powerlifting it's the squat the bench and dead and that's always the goal is to get stronger at those lifts and to do other exercises and design your routine around 
getting stronger at those lifts um, and learning how to maximize leverage and technique in order to get you know better numbers. Bodybuilding is all about developing your body, developing different parts of the body to look a particular yeah, sculpting way. The physique. Sculpting the physique. Longevity-wise, bodybuilding superior. Uh, if you want, if you had to just pick one and you want to do it for the rest of your life and minimize injury, you would train like a bodybuilder, um, and you would be able to do that forever. Powerlifting, the longevity is just not there. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't old powerlifters out there. I'm not saying there aren't you know 70 year old or 80 year old competitors. I've seen them, but the the odds of hurting yourself yeah. by training like a powerlifter just they higher. Got sleeves on every joint. Yeah, it's yeah. just higher. <laughs> you, you make yourself stiff. You could hurt yourself. Always challenging how much you can do. Whereas a bodybuilder goes in there, and the weight is arbitrary. A real bodybuilder, a true bodybuilder, you know, if, unless the weight is changing so drastically that they're like, oh my God, something's not working, a bodybuilder really doesn't care. They just care about what it feels like and is it developing the muscles the way I want them to. And that's a mentality that lasts a long time. It's got great longevity. If I'm in the gym and I'm a power lifter and I'm watching my numbers go down because I'm getting older, which will happen, that fucks with your head. Now, with the bodybuilder, of course, the changing of the body, fucks with your head also but when they're in the gym they're just feeling it so to a bodybuilder it's like whatever 135 315 on the bar i feel it in my quads you know where i want to feel it it's a better mentality longevity wise um i'm not saying it's a guarantee again because i think both people could be kind of you know fucked up in, in terms of how they approach things well that's like you said in the perfect world we you live in both mm-hmm. you know in a perfect world you take a little bit of both and 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 you know depending on what you're I think more attracted to whether that be uh, if you're somebody who cares more about being strong in, in the performance aspect, you probably live in the powerlifting world a little more and occasionally are bodybuilding. Uh, if you care more about aesthetics and shaping and sculpting and the way you look, uh, as far as uh, then you spend a little more time in bodybuilding, but still occasionally work, you know, in the powerlifting world. And I think the combination of the two of those. Uh, it carries over into both pursuits. I think for the average person, um, every 12 weeks, you should probably have two to four weeks of powerlifting style training. So two weeks to four weeks, you could have that kind of a phase every 12 weeks or so. For the average person, that'll reap the benefits of that kind of training. It'll give you the the aesthetic benefits because powerlifting training does give a different look to the body, in my opinion. This is my anecdote, but I know that solid look that people... Uh, you know, like uh, powerlifting or heavy lifting tends to produce that. And I think that's about it. Um, unless you're a competitive powerlifter, I think more than that, and you're starting to get that. You risk. know, that's a good conversation. And it's, it is, uh, it's debatable. I don't know. I don't have any science to support it. I've talked about it on the show before. I know you've shared it. Um, there was a major, di- there was a significant difference in the way my physique looked after I got into powerlifting also. And the best way that I can describe it is this, is I was always the guy, because I trained like a bodybuilder most of my career in hypertrophy and supersets and chasing a pump, which is, I think that's, most people can relate to that if you you train this way. It's all about the pump and the feel and the muscle thing, right? When I trained like that, I looked amazing in the gym. I was, when I was aired up, when I was all pumped up. But an hour later after I left the gym, I would feel like I would deflate all the way back down to the size. When I got into powerlifting, even though powerlifting never seemed to give me as good of pumps as the bodybuilding type workout where I didn't feel as inflated, what I felt was I had put on like size that didn't go away when I left the gym. Dense. So, it gives you that dense muscle. Right. That mm-hmm. was that to me is the biggest difference that I personally have experienced by adding powerlifting for a guy who cares more about aesthetics 
it actually has made my physique look better throughout the day, no matter what. Where is I, it true? Did Arnold start as a powerlifter or mm-hmm. Olympic lifter first? Yeah, yep. before bodybuilding. Yeah, they all did yeah. um, back in those days. And he, him, and Franco used to do powerlifting cycles uh, in their training. It was mm-hmm. part of their training. Bodybuilders don't really do it so much to, anymore because I think the risk factor, the injury mm-hmm. risk factor. But some of the top bodybuilders of all time lifted that way. Again, Dorian Yates, Ronnie Coleman, you know. But again, look at them now, you know, injured and, you know, Dorian tore muscles and Ronnie really had a bad time. You know, he's, I think he, I don't know how many surgeries he's had on his yeah, back. Dude, he just, his, uh, hip, his hips are completely replaced. Yeah. And, and at, at a certain point, let me put it, I mean, at a certain point, you know, maxing out is always a higher risk because you're pushing, you're just, really pushing your body really hard but also consider the amount of weight that you're lifting if you get really if you hit your goal and get real fucking strong you know when i'm deadlifting 500 pounds if i'm off a little bit the 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 potential for injury is way higher than when i'm off a little bit with 315 you know it just is so so that's another thing to consider next question is from low without limits what are the pros and cons to ab machines like the hoist crunch and oblique twist ones would they have any benefit due to the resistance you can add or no real benefit because they're a machine well, that doesn't fit everybody's body? Uh, I think that for the most part, I'm not a fan of machines, although you, you could easily f- catch me using uh, one of these machine crunches myself personally in the gym. But the reason why I'm not a fan of it uh, with most people is abs, when I think of it as a trainer, all the clients that I had um, and trying to get them to connect to and and use properly abs is up there with probably the top three as far as most difficult i think of mm-hmm. lats um i definitely think of abs being up there like you yeah, everybody just folds forward yeah they can't really isolate their abs. right it tends to be a hip flexor exercise for yeah. for most people and when you get in a, a machine that's really not designed specifically for your body, it makes that even harder. So mm-hmm. it's real easy for you to use your arms to pull right. down on, use your hip flexors to lift up on. And so even though these machines are really cool and and I and I think you can't, and you still feel it in the abs. So that's the thing where people go wrong is they're like, well, I feel it in my abs. Well, yeah, your abs are working too, but a majority of the load is you're you're cheating with your arms or with your hip flexors, and you'd be far better off just getting on the ground and doing something more slow yeah. and controlled. If you're folding forward at the hips uh, or largely at the hips, your abs have to stabilize. They still have to stabilize your spine. So you will feel it in the abs, but you're not working your abs in a full range of motion, um, and you're working a pattern or you're developing a pattern where your hip flexors become dominant, which that down the road that can contribute to increased risk for, for back injury and problems. So you're not going to develop your abs as well as you want aesthetically, and you're also going to potentially set yourself up for more energy and uh, for more injuries. I have yet to ever find a ab machine or oblique machine that I was impressed with. Yeah, I, and I've seen a lot of them. Oh, I'll it's tell you, tough to load. Yeah, it's tough to load. I'll tell those. you one that I really like. I like the um, the uh, the ab rocker one where your knees are on the the slider that's on like a U. Oh, I know what you're talking, I about. You're talking about. You I need want- to have really good. I do. I use that one too sometimes. I know exactly I what you're talking about. about that. Yeah. If you don't have good control of your abs, right? Good luck. Well, all of them are that. To me, all of them can com- suck for most people. Mm-hmm. But you, if you, I, I can't say that, and then all of a sudden, you someone sees me inside the gym and they catch me yeah. on one of these machines. But you know how to make that do? Because how easy would that be to do with just your hip flexor? No, totally, and, sw- and roll it and swing it back yeah. and forth completely. Uh, but what I like about it is my spine is is completely free. 
And it's it's so it's it's not confined in a machine, and it allows me to tuck my tailbone really really well. So it's one of my favorite ab machines that exist that are out there. But to Sal's point, again, I still would not teach that to a client until I've got a client who really can engage their abs and and move properly. If you're that person and you're listening, then yeah, then some all of these machines can be useful and the and cable crunches that you see people doing and all these there's a lot the problem is in my experience, the clients that I've trained, it's one of the top areas that someone has a really hard time activating. They to- just they're totally, just not connected. Totally. I, I would say this, uh learn how to really work your abs through a full range of motion, mm-hmm. get good control of them, develop them well without machines, then when you get to that point, then you could probably- yeah, You know find, how to navigate better. Yeah, then you could probably find some machines that'll benefit you. As far as obliques are concerned, uh, cable chop. Yeah. yeah you, a cable is going to be your best. If you want to add resistance to to twisting movements, use a, a cable chop. Again, I have used oblique machines that lock you into place that you have to twist. It's so easy to just use your arms and your legs. Mm-hmm. And not use the obliques to rotate you. It's like it's almost like those machines are good only if you're already good at those at, at working those areas. Right. If if you're already developed and you if you got those muscles working really well, go ahead and give them a shot. If not, yeah. I would stay clear clear away from them. I, I would say this with machines, pressing movements and rowing movements tend to be the better use of machines. Once you start to get to certain things like arm movements are okay, but only if your arms aren't too long or too short. Um, uh, you know, leg exercises, same arms are too, uh, legs are too long or too short, probably not good, but boy, these ab ones, I, I mean, you really need to know what you're doing in order to use them. Right. Next question is from living proof Two Seventy Seven. What do you recommend for a deload week and how often should you do one? Now that's, that's a really tough question to answer because it's going to be completely different for every person. Uh, going back to the very first question we answered right now with the bodybuilding and powerlifting, like I could have a power or I could have a bodybuilder who's, who's been training and scaling his workouts for months on months and even years and like not have to throw in a deload week because they're not really fucking stretching themselves the same way that a powerlifter would Mm -hmm. now a powerlifter Real easily, and my, in my, I'm talking about myself here. I can catch myself again chasing the PRs and increasing weight and lifting singles, doubles, and triples, and it's real quick. My body. So yesterday, this is what how I train. This is kind of this is not a deload week, but this is along the lines of this conversation. So on what is today? Today's Monday. On Friday or Saturday, I'm getting one of my days mixed up here. But Friday or Saturday, I posted on my Instagram. I, I was uh, heavy deadlifting. I was deadlifting 450, which is is really heavy for me right now. I haven't lifted that heavy in a long time, um, and I wanted to kind of stretch myself. I wanted to see uh, what I could pull right now because I've been working towards it again, and uh, was doing heavy singles. So I did like uh, four sets of singles, uh, 450 something. And boy, I mean, my I my low back is fried. And then I was due on uh, Sunday to do uh, legs. And so I, I would love to squat, but my low back is so toast that it doesn't make a lot of sense for me to do that. So, you know, even though that was on my original plan to be front squatting that day, my low back and core was blasted from from the heavy uh, um, deadlift. 
So I actually leg pressed and used leg extensions and sissy squat. I did a lot of things that didn't load my low back. So even though I didn't do like a real deload week, but these are the these are the adjustments that where it'd be individualized on the person. Like if I had somebody who just went really heavy on something and really stressed their body that much, then yeah, it might call for backing off a little bit for a day or two or three maybe even, or just modifying the exercises and movements. Yeah. I mean, I could have probably got to, I'm in a super motivated mood right now, so I'd still train. You know, uh, Adam, who's just cares about longevity and health, probably would have just done a mobility day instead of even training, you know, uh, leg press and hack squats and the things that I did on the machines. But yeah. that's an example of kind of deloading the body, even though on the program it would have called for me to be doing front squats. Yeah, that's, yeah I, I kind of look at it in maybe this is more of my functional background is, is an opportunity to add in more, you know, planes of motion and, and body weight type movements. Uh, I know for me, if I'm a bit too fixated within like the sagittal plane and doing like bilateral movements uh, consistently, which I do, uh, I tend to really gravitate towards that because I like uh, strength training. I like, you know, the powerlifting style, uh, simplicity of training. And then I could get into like, three, four months consistently training that way. I need to, I need to break up and, and get back to, you know, more planes of movement, more, uh, you know, connectivity. Like if I, even if I'm adding mobility in between, like I, I could definitely use, uh, you know, like a week, two weeks of, of, you know, body weight style training and, and unilateral style training. Yeah. I would say, so here's the thing. The problem is a lot of people don't have the same intuition with their body as uh you know other experienced lifters like i i can i know how to deload myself when i need it um and that's 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 how i do it now but for a lot of people they just don't know um you know what do you mean by that how do i know i'm doing too much how do i know i'm doing too little like what's the deal so what i used to recommend to people was every eight to twelve weeks take a week off uh now what do you do in that week does that mean you stay at home and don't do anything no that week, your goal is to be active. That's it. So the week off is week off from the gym, but during that week, just try to be active. Go, yeah, go hiking. Yeah, go, go for outside. a hike. Yeah, hike a mountain, work on mobility. That's it. Stretch, work on mobility, do body weight movements. Um, just just kind of easier, but but stay active. Um, so what you're looking at is about six, four to six uh, deload weeks uh, a year is what you're looking at. And if you schedule them that way, you may find that because they're scheduled and because you, you'll do them because they're scheduled, your body will progress better uh, because one of the biggest mistakes or problems I think a lot of people make when they train is that uh, there's two mistakes. You know, One, they have shitty workout programming, and two is they just go too hard too often, mm-hmm. um, and, it, it, and that causes their body to stop progressing. So again, from my experience, I'd say every eight to twelve weeks. Every I think that, eight to twelve weeks. I think that's that an week. incredible recommendation. Yeah. I think if you're hitting four four deload weeks a year, basically every quarter, you're breaking up a week of just nothing but swimming, rowing, hiking, mobility type work. You typically will come back stronger. Yeah, no, you mm-hmm. will, especially if you do a good job of that. If you do a good job of, because sometimes you tell you give somebody a week off and then they use that as an excuse to not train and mm-hmm. then they yeah. eat eat shitty, they they're lazy. They're doing, that that's not going to benefit you a lot. But if you actually make that, uh, make it uh, a goal of yours to go out and do other physical things that maybe you wouldn't be doing, I think that's an incredible. I used to, it reminds me. So every year in July, we used to, when we were uh, in our 20s and stuff, go to this, we used to go wakeboarding for um, a week, you know, 10 days actually. And I was always in the middle of training and I was a trainer th- during these times. 
but I always came back feeling amazing because I still was doing something very physical. I mean, you get anybody who's wakeboarded for hours and hours on the lake in a day and swimming around on the lake on the like I'd be exhausted. You know, we would mm-hmm. definitely and I'd get and I wouldn't put on I'd be eating whatever because we'd be camping and stuff like that and I wouldn't put on any body fat and then I'd come back feeling stronger than when I did when I left. That's the key. You should come back from a deload week feeling good, fresh, and stronger. You should feel Energized. a little bit stronger. Yeah. You should not come back from a deload week like, oh man, I haven't done anything. This is hurting. I don't I, I can't move right. Treat a deload week the right way and you'll you'll accelerate your your progress, not decelerate it. Next question is from Fiddy Lil Thang. Are sore or painful hip flexors a sign of a mobility lapse or of overuse? What exercises would you recommend to ameliorate? Okay, so sore, um, as in muscle soreness, that's that could, that's probably overuse. Pain is probably a mobility issue. Now, both of them can also be from mobility in the sense that if you're mobility is poor and your hip flexors are working in ways that are not as efficient, um, then you may be getting sore, more sore than you, than you need to be. Um, but yeah, this, this oftentimes is if, if you have a chronic pain that keeps popping up, I would look to mobility as one of the first things always. Well, what do you guys think when you, when I think of the, the most common things when I had somebody, because this is actually really common, uh, because their hip, their hip flexors because they're taking over a lot of movements um, where the glutes or the abs should be helping helping and they're not because the hip flexors are so dominant. This kind of goes back to the the ab conversation that we were just having. So the most common uh, reason for this that I have seen is somebody that has an excessive anterior pelvic tilt. And, That's where your butt sticks out, right? Yeah, right. So if you can imagine, kind of with the your your butt sticking out, and it doesn't even have to be excessive; it's just enough, enough to where the hip flexors now are are dominant. And then you go and you squat and you lunge and you you do all these other exercises at, that the glutes should be helping out, but they're not because you're kind of tilted forward and they're taking. We did. I did a YouTube video. It's one of the ones that have the most views. I don't. I don't remember the name of it. I'll have to look. Maybe Jackie can uh, reference it in there. Where uh, I talk about the the weight being over on your your hip flexors because of an anterior pelvic tilt mm-hmm. and and learning to get the glutes engaged and fix that. So that seemed to be the most common thing for me. It would be somebody who has an excessive anterior pelvic tilt. Mm. They're still going through a, a normal program like Maps Anabolic, but they're not addressing. Uh, the imbalance that they have and all that's happening. They're reinforcing it. And then they're also seated, you know, a majority of the day and all these like reinforcing that shortened position. Uh, You know, there's a lot of uh, contributing factors to that. Like, you know, I've noticed even just like changing your patterns where it's like this, just that like position frequency throughout your day all the time. And then you go do a heavy squat. You do, uh, you know, some ab specific exercises, but you're reinforcing, uh, you know, your hip flexor, like taking over that exercise. It's just, it's, it's a compilation of all these things. Yeah. If your hip flexors bother you when you do exercises like squats, um, I would go and do all split stance exercises for a while because, the front leg in a split stance exercise, like a lunge, is, is just like a squat. It's very similar to a squat. But the back leg, because it's kicking back, is forcing that hip flexor to kind of be more in an elongated position, a little right. bit of a stretch. And so you're getting more balance. So I recommend split stance exercises for people with these kind of issues. Here's the other thing. Strengthen your core. Now, you may be thinking, I do lots of core exercises. Okay. Uh, let me be a little more specific. 
Strengthen your core and develop different recruitment patterns. Get it so that your abs do more work when you do something like a plank or other ab, uh, other core exercises, and your hip flexors do less. And then when you go to brace and stabilize your core, mm-hmm. you might not be as dependent on your hip flexors to do everything for you. So like I, we have another video where I demonstrated a, a plank, and I'm teaching people how to get into what's called a posterior pelvic tilt to get the hip flexors to be less active and get the abs to be more active in a plank. That's a great exercise for people with hip flexor issues. I also there's another video with hip flexor deactivators. I was just gonna say we've done yeah. several really good Both YouTube of those are great. video because this is actually really common. Yeah, uh-huh. I it mean is. when when we this was I mean I remember when we were doing all these videos back when we were on the YouTube channel. You know the the first videos that we tried to address were the things that we saw the most yeah. and uh, hip flexor dominance is ex- extremely common. I mm-hmm. mean it's it's really really common and more often than not. And it's not saying that it can't be a mobility thing. More often than not, it's just that it's more of a posture thing. Like you probably have an anterior pelvic tilt because it's common. That's lower cross syndrome, right? I mean, it's extremely common. I have it. Uh, a lot of people have it. A lot of people have it excessively. And then if you go and you don't address it and you then you still train and you do all the basic exercises everybody does, you can't help but just reinforce that like Justin was saying. So there's a couple great really YouTube videos that we've done uh, that help somebody in this area. Totally. And if you go to mindpumpfree.com, you can download our guides. They're all absolutely free. You can also find us all on Instagram. You can find me at Mind Pump Sal, Justin at Mind Pump Justin, and Adam at Mind Pump Adam. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.